Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. I almost canceled the call. And that's why I put it in the Telegram chat. And I said, I have to put this in here before I change my mind, but I'll see you guys in an hour. Because I didn't really have a reason to cancel. There, there wasn't a really good reason to cancel it. it. I just woke up with this feeling of how can I cancel the call? And I've just started trying to justify how to get out of this call. And I'm like, I don't want to get out of the call. I want to talk about the call. I don't want to, but back and forth in my mind, I'm like, no, we should cancel. You could do something else. And I didn't like how I felt. And so I went in my bedroom I closed the door, I got on my knees and I just started talking to God and telling him how I feel. And while I was praying, I stopped praying. I grabbed my phone and I texted you guys like, I'll see you soon. And really it was like accountability. And when I make up my mind and say, no, I'm doing this. Usually what happens, and it's true for everyone. It's not just me. Usually what happens is your excuses kind of go out the window because you've already committed. So for instance, you might be able to relate to this a little better with sickness, but when you're not feeling well and you have plans and you're like, am I going to cancel my plans? Cause I don't really feel like doing it. Am I still going to do it? Am I going to cancel? Am I still going to, like, I do feel really sick. And, and that's the message you're telling yourself in your head. Like, I don't feel well. I do have a headache. Like it would be so nice to just lay in bed. I need to take a hot shower. And then when you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm sure I don't feel that bad. I'm just going to go. And when you decide that you're going to do the thing, you all of a sudden don't really feel that sick anymore. And you're like, I'm just going to get up and start moving. And because I have to go to work today, or I can't miss this meeting, or I have to go to this. And once you get up and get moving, you, you usually start to feel a lot better because your subconscious mind has let go of the idea of maybe we could stay in bed or maybe we could do this. And so I have learned over the last couple of months specifically that if I just make the commitment and I say like, I'll see you in an hour, like I'm not going to cancel it after I already say, I'll see you in an hour. So that whole thought of, should I cancel? Should I cancel? Should I cancel? just goes away. And I know why I wanted to cancel this morning. And I knew that I couldn't because I wanted to share something with you that's fresh on my heart. And I think that's why I didn't want to do the call today because I didn't make sense of it yet. I haven't figured it out yet, but I think that it's really important for me to share with everyone what I'm learning and what I'm experiencing in real time, because I want you to know that I am no different than you. And my number one goal is to encourage and motivate you to step into the calling that God has on your life to eliminate fear eliminate worry, eliminate anxiety, and run towards what God has for you. That's what I want. I want to get to heaven. And God says, well done, good and faithful servant. 
you used your gifts, you used your talents, you inspired the world, you led people to me, you preached the gospel and well done. Here's your crown with all your jewels. You know, like I can't wait for that moment. It truly is what I want when I think about my brand and I think about who I am and what motivates me and, and what gives me purpose and what keeps me going every day is I realize that it's all of you guys. I love more than ever when someone messages me or comes to me or we talk on a clarity call or some of you tell me about these big, crazy, scary goals, these um, book titles and ideas and businesses to start and things to quit and things to pick up. And you feel the calling on your life from the Lord. You know that he's speaking to you. You can even tell me word for word what he said to you in the car, in the bathroom, in your sleep, vivid dreams. Like You feel the calling on your life and you see that. And I feel like it's my responsibility to push you to keep moving forward in a good spiritual, healthy, balanced boundary type of way, not, you know, scare you or push you with hustle or any of those things that the culture tells us to do. But it is my job to help you get further down the trail. And so how I've done that is as I go further down the trail, I like to talk about what I'm learning, what I'm realizing and what I'm doing in hopes that you'll see the obstacles, your eyes will be open, the scales will be removed from your eyes, the veil will be off your face, and you'll start to see things for what they really are and realize what is holding you back. Because not only is the devil trying to hold you back every day, all day long, he does not want you to succeed. He does not want you to change the world. He does not want you to make an impact. He does not want you to raise your children up in the way they should go. He doesn't want any of it. So he's trying to pull you down and convince you and trick you and deceive you, but also because of generational sin and curses, you have this skewed way of thinking and your perspective is a little bit off because you've had to protect yourself or be in control or you've been abused or abandoned or rejected. So you're worried and you're scared and you're feared and you're triggered. And so there's a few different areas that we need to work on. I've talked recently about fear a lot and I did two podcasts on fear. Uh, the first one was called focus and fear and it was episode 86. So if you missed that, I want you to, you can finish listening to this one. It doesn't matter the order you listen into them, but I want you to hear all of what I've talked about with fear already, because I'm not going to mention the things I mentioned in the other two podcasts here. There are a ton of good pieces of information and nuggets that you need in these podcasts. So episode 86, Focus and Fear. And then um, we had another one. It's called Becoming Fearless. And that was episode 91. Now, I am preaching to myself when I do these calls. I am not just preaching to you guys. In fact, I think I kind of do these more for me than for you sometimes because I am a verbal processor, which I've learned through therapy. And I need to talk. I need to get it out there. I need to go through it in my mind. And so what really helps me is showing up on these podcasts, talking about what I'm learning because I process it as I'm talking about it, which leads me to be able to talk about my next thing and process the next part. It makes me 
hyper aware of how I'm feeling, what I'm going through, what I'm learning. And it holds me accountable to be able to keep learning and walking with God. And last night I had a crazy big breakthrough. It was perhaps the biggest breakthrough I've had maybe all year. And the only reason why it happened was because I've been praying for God to reveal himself to me and to show me what's holding me back and to show me where I'm struggling. And I have been obedient and I have been searching and I've been desperate to be able to continue to walk down this path. So I believe wholeheartedly that because of my prayer in communication with God, he answered my prayer last night and he revealed this truth to me because it was revealed out of nowhere. It wasn't a book I was reading. It wasn't a coaching call I was on with my mentor. I was laying in bed and I was talking to my husband. I can't even tell you what we were talking about, but I sat up because I was really starting to think as we were talking and I sat up and I just started like spilling my guts to him. And I thank God all the time for my husband, that poor man, you know, like just to have to deal with me and deal with my thoughts and everything that he's put up with. But this is what the breakthrough was. And this is what the call is going to be on today, because I know that if I am struggling with this, someone else out there is also struggling with this. And the breakthrough I had is that it was fear that's been holding me back. And it's not fear of the unknown. And I talk about on some of my other episodes on episode 86 and 91, different fears, like fear of missing out, fear of loss, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, um, failure, failure, uh, failure, fear of what others are going to think about you. You have all of these fears and these failures that you're thinking about all the time. And some of them, I'm like, yeah, of course, like, I know that it is fear somewhere in me. Like, I'm afraid to do something. I'm not sure really what it is. I couldn't put my finger on it. I knew that it was fear in some sort. And that's why I recorded those two podcasts, because I've been learning a lot about fear and studying what the Bible says and learning to be bold and courageous and changing my prayers so that my prayers are lining up with fear. So I'm praying things like, Lord, destroy the fear in my life. Hi, Samantha. Um, destroying the fear in my life. And I pray that God will make me bold and courageous and make me confident and make me excited. And so my prayers have changed regarding this aspect of fear, because now that I'm aware that it is fear, I can pray myself up and I can say, God, make me bold and courageous like you made David. Wipe away any doubt inside of me. Help me to just be so bold that I run towards what you have and I don't even worry about what's around me. And you can pray for that. I've been reading this book called Intercessory Prayer. Literally amazing, like mind blown. The way that he talks about prayer and how we have anything that we want at our disposal, anything that we want. And God wants this for us as well. And all we need to do is ask for it. You have not because you ask not. And the whole book is on this message of you're not asking 
and God is not giving you. And he shows a lot of scriptures in the Bible, how there were people he wanted to use, but they didn't answer the calling. And therefore he couldn't work through other people. And he had to destroy towns and destroy worlds. And there's one scripture that says that I sought someone to take this opportunity and to help. And I couldn't find anyone. Therefore, I had to destroy the entire town. God desperately wants to use us. And his scripture backs that up. But we don't take prayer very seriously. And therefore, we don't ask. And we don't ask for the right things. And our prayers become very simple because we don't really know Jesus and we haven't really spent time with him. So just like when you run into a friend at a store who you're really not very close to, maybe you used to work with them or you see them every once in a while, you have the same conversation with them. Like, oh, hi, how are you? Nice to see you. How have you been? How's the family? What are you doing for work? Great. It was nice to see you. Have a good day. If you run into your best friend, it's not the same type of message. You're saying different things. But the person that you're just acquaintances with you say the same thing every single time you talk to them. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. How's the family? Things are good. That's great. Nice to see you. Have a good day. Merry Christmas. You, know, you say the same thing. And that's what we tend to do in our prayer life is we talk to Jesus about the same thing. Like, Lord, bless my family. Keep us safe. Bless us. Have this food. Bless our bodies. Amen. And you're like, I pray. I pray all the time. But you have to be aware of the things and you have to turn those into prayers. Now, this isn't a podcast on prayers. We've done podcast episodes on prayers. I have praying part one and praying part two that you can go and listen to episode 80 and 85. And I want you to know that because I got better at prayer, I was able to ask God specifically for things. And he has shown them to me because that's what he promises. Knocking the door shall be opened. If any of you lacks wisdom and understanding, pray for it. And I will give you wisdom and understanding. And we just have to ask for it. So because I have been asking, because I, I, I am a baby prayer. I just started really getting into prayer about six months ago. And it is insane how fast you take grip of this and you just fly through. Like I, I am a baby in sense of time. But I feel like I have become a powerful prayer. Just a few books that I've read, a few sermons I've listened to, and just praying and practicing that. And the first thing that helped me to practice prayer, I was challenged by a pastor to pray for one hour. And he said, you probably won't be able to do it, but just try. And you know, I like a good challenge. So I was like, oh, I'll show you. <laughs> I can do this. And it was hard. I kept opening my eyes and looking at the clock. Like it's been 30 minutes. Okay. It's been 32 minutes. Okay. How long now? It's been 33 minutes. Like, come on, what else do I talk about? But once you got into that, it really did change. So here's what my breakthrough was. Here's oh, hold on. Bree said something that transformed my prayer life was starting with Holy spirit. You are welcome here. Inviting him in before I began. I love that. I love that so much, just inviting him in because God is the perfect gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force himself to be with you and for you to love him. He gently waits patiently for you to come knock and it'll open. Ask, I'll give you anything you want. 
You are a child of the highest king who has every single tool and gift and blessing available to you under the sun. All you have to do is ask for it. That's it. I, how crazy is that? Okay, so here's what my fear has been. My fear is success. I have a fear of success. And I have heard that before, but I didn't really know what it meant. And last night I was talking to my husband and we start, I remember why we started. So we started talking because I have a student who's in my course right now to find her purpose. And it's a, uh, you know, you go at your own pace, you get five videos, you get a login to the portal, you get a bunch of printouts and things, and you do it on your own. All the videos are of me but you're doing it with God, not on your own. You're doing it with God. And a lot of the things that I point you to is like, pray for this, write a list of this, journal this, make a list of your identity, pray for God to give you this answer and then write it down. And so the, the course is very much, you know, not with me one-on-one -on -one, and that's how I designed it. But she had commented on something on my Facebook recently when I asked, you know, who here knows that they've been called? Who has heard the calling on their life from Jesus? And she commented and said, me, of course, but I'm starting to think that I need a little bit more help. I need a little bit more handholding and one-on-one -on -one work. Now, something that I created about a year ago was a one-on-one -on -one coaching program that lasted six months. And I hired a lawyer to draw up contracts and I built the portal and I built, built how to take their payments. And I set everything up and got it all automated and all together and everything was there and it was ready. And I never coached anyone one-on-one -on -one with that program ever. Now I've been coaching a ton, but I've only been doing it for free. So right now I have the ability where you can book on my schedule and we can do a 30 minute clarity call where we talk on the phone about whatever you want to talk about, I will listen to you. I will give you scripture to back it up. I will give you advice and I will help you because I have learned a ton throughout my journey and I have a lot to offer people and I can help in any way that I can. I would love to help. And then I also pray for you and, and I have this built. So I have utilized the free clarity call coaching a ton I also will talk to anyone basically for free because I just want to help. And I haven't signed anyone up with my six months coaching program because low key, real, 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 real deep down, I feel like a little imposter syndrome. Like I'm really going to charge people to coach with me. Like like, I don't even have a certification. Like, I don't like, I'm going to charge them. Like, I, I don't know. And I'm also just doing God's work. So I'm just going to do it for free. And I'm just being vulnerable. I'm being very open with you guys and letting you know what goes through my brain and what I do. Because a lot of times, 99% uh, of the time, maybe even 100% of the time, when you start to do something, you have a dream, you start walking down this path, imposter syndrome gets you for sure. I mean, it's inevitable. You're going to have this thought in your mind, like, at some point, someone's going to find me out. Like, like you're faking it until you make it. And someone's going to figure out that you're a fake on your way. And you don't feel like you're equipped enough or you're good enough or you're 
experienced enough or you're credentialed enough and it causes you to really delay in who you're supposed to be because instead of listening to your identity in Christ, you're, you're listening to your own understanding and your own ways of your mind, which is very scary to pay attention to your own mind, but it really like sabotages what you're doing and it messes up with what you're doing. So I had a little bit of imposter syndrome that I knew of, but I just kind of pushed it over on the back burner. And I was like, you know, I'm not ready to do my coaching program. I'm going to work on some other things like my book because I really want to start my book. So I started writing my book. And as I'm writing my book, I am writing my book, but I'm not writing it enough. I'm not prioritizing it. I'm not showing up enough. And for some reason, I can't figure out why I am not writing this book quicker. I was supposed to launch the book and release it for purchase on September 10th on my birthday. It's November 16th. I am over two months past my deadline. And I know that God told me to write this book. I know that it's going to change the world. I reread the chapters I've written and I don't even remember writing them. And I bawl my eyes out because I feel so connected to it. And I know that the Holy Spirit is writing the book through me and I know it's going to be successful. And I know that I want to help take some of the stress off of my husband financially and get back to this level of success that I used to have. And I know success isn't defined by how much money you make or your rank or your success. Like I know that success, I had to learn that the hard way. Took me a really long time, but I finally learned that. But I want to contribute financially. I want to produce money. I want to be able to help get, get my family out of debt, build our home that we want to build, give back to people. Like I know the love of money and idolizing money is bad. I don't have that. I want money for good things. So I know that I need to start doing something to produce money, but I haven't been writing my book. And that's been just eating me alive. Like I do write it sometimes. I, I need to like, plan two weeks where I do nothing besides write my book and finish it. I could get it done in one week, probably. This isn't something that's going to take me a super long time. I just need to make the time to do it. But for some reason, I'm not doing it. And we talk all the time. The problem isn't, you know, like, oh, why am I 20 pounds overweight? Or why is my marriage failing? Or how come, you know, whatever. But the problem is, how come you're aware of why, but you're not changing it? The problem isn't that we're 20 pounds overweight. The problem is that we know we're 20 pounds overweight and we claim that we want to lose the 20 pounds more than anything. And we're desperate and we just want to lose the 20 pounds and we'll feel so much better. Yet we don't do the things that we need to do every single day to lose the 20 pounds. You know, you know how to lose the 20 pounds. Like you could lose 20 pounds if you had to, even if you don't have 20 pounds to lose, you could lose 20 pounds. It, it's not the fact that we need to lose the spiritual weight or the physical weight. It's why aren't we doing the things we know we need to do? And that is my question I ask myself all the time. And I always think that when I coach people is how come you're not doing the things you know you need to do? And so for me, how come I'm not finishing writing my book when I know all of these things? And I've tried to figure it out and I haven't been able to figure it out. And last night, 
when I realized that it was the fear of success, I knew that that's why I wasn't finishing my book. And instead of spending the time to finish my book, I decided I'm going to, you know, cause I don't have time to finish my book. That's, that's the message that I've been telling myself. I don't have time. Yeah. Bree says, I stay stuck in the researching and planning stage instead of moving into action. I love the research and planning stage. Like that is my jam. I could stay there forever. The dreaming stage, the vision stage, the what could happen? What could be birthed from this? What if I did all of this? I love to live there. And that's what I do. I'm a chronic person who's there. And so what I end up doing is I don't have time to finish writing my book, which I know I need to do. So instead of doing that, I decided I'm going to start a mom's ministry at my church. What? Okay, because this is good. God's telling me to do this. I need to start a motherhood ministry and it's ordained by God and I can see God leading me here. And maybe this is what God wants me to focus on right now. And maybe that's why I haven't written my book. So I finally start a mom's ministry and it takes up all of my time and I have no time to write my book, but I'm doing God's work. This is good. I'm doing God's work. I'm bringing people together. I'm, I'm giving my gifts and talents to the church. I'm leading a group of women in the church. I'm helping them raise up generations. I'm equipping them. I am loving on them. I'm supporting them. I, I'm doing good work. I'm doing the right things. And so I start this mom's ministry and I know I should be writing my book, but I don't have time. But now I'm in this mom's ministry. And when I get things going with the motherhood ministry and I finally get on my feet, I'll have time to write my book. And when we have a break between our first meeting at the beginning of November and our next meeting at the beginning of December, I have a whole month break in between. I'm going to use that time to write my book. And this is what I've been telling myself. And now I'm one week into my time to write my book. And instead of writing my book, I'm like, you know what? I really need to get my clothing brand up. Like I've been talking about releasing the chosen and anointed brands. It was supposed to be released September 7th. There were some technical problems on their end and their system was hacked and they had to rebuild everything that they were working on for me. And whatever, I'm busy with writing my book. I'm busy with doing the mom's ministry and I'll do the clothing line eventually. Well, now I have a little bit of time. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start working on this clothing line again. I have all the clothing designs. I have it all sent to the designer. I have it all sent to the printer. I have it ready. I just need to like follow up with the guy and figure out what do we need to do next? Is my website done? Like, I just need to have a 30 minute conversation with him. And so I'm just going to do that. I mean, I've already gotten so far in the process. I need to work on tying up that loose end. And so now I'm working on that. And so what I've seen is a trend. And I have a million pokers in the fire. And they're all getting hot. And they're all created. And they've all been talked about. And I've casted the vision for everyone who follows me. And I told them they're coming. They're all for God. They will all help God get the glory. They will all help unfulfilled women become fulfilled in Christ and walk down their path to their calling. These are all good things. It's not like I'm doing something that's off path. These are all on my path. 
So I'm justifying it, but I'm not finalizing anything. Nothing is getting finalized. My book is not finished and published. My coaching program is not being promoted and sold. My chosen and anointed clothing brand is not being sold. I have had an idea to write a journal and sell a journal where it has prompts at the top to help you out of the valley questions. I literally am going through my own journal over the last two years and writing on this journal template what I have asked myself, what I have made lists of of myself, and it's going to be phenomenal. I talk to women all the time and I'm like, are you journaling? Are you writing this down? No, I don't know how to journal. I'm like, Ooh, I need to teach you how to journal. Like it's going to change your life. Like journaling literally changed my life because when I heard God tell me things and I wrote them down and I could reread them when I'm in a different emotion, I reread through my journal, just like I reread through my rough draft of my book. And I don't even remember writing things down. I'm like, God really said that to me? God said that to me? Like, that's crazy. And you need to be able to see that. You need to be able to see the little steps that you made, the feelings that you feel. Like, I need to remember the fact that this breakthrough even happened. Because you know what's going to happen is I'm going to get busy. And we're getting into Thanksgiving. I'm hosting people at my house next week. It's also my husband's birthday. My kids don't have school all week. Then we're packing up our whole family. We're going out of town to celebrate Thanksgiving again. We have another Thanksgiving celebration after that. We, I mean, we are busy. And then we have our kids and I got to make sure, you know, my son's not on TikTok for seven hours. And I got to make sure my other son is not on his Xbox all the time and make sure my daughter's being bullied at school. I need to talk to her about that. Skylar's on another level level lately lord help me like oh by the way i need to pray i need to make sure that i'm praying about being a mentor in my ministry next year and i'm recruiting for my ministry and i have to finish my book and i need to finalize the journal and i need to get the chosen and anointed clothes and i need to take my husband out for his birthday and i need to buy him a birthday present i need to finish christmas shopping i hello like don't tell me you're gonna remember the little moment that you had in your bedroom with god when instantly everything gets flooded of your life. I need to remember this breakthrough because when I woke up, all I felt like is I wanted to avoid this call. And I remembered the breakthrough. I literally didn't even remember the breakthrough because I fell asleep. I was, I actually was like to the point where I was crying to my husband and I don't do that very often. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm crying right now. Like this shows me how important this is. I love when other people cry. <laughs> I hate when I cry. I love when other people cry. I love it because it shows that what you're talking about is truth and it's connected to the deepest part of your soul. If you're not crying, you're not on that connection and at that soulful level. But when I cry, I feel like I'm a baby and I feel like I'm weak and no one wants to hear me cry and I need to grow up. And that is all from being told that as I was growing up and people showing me that and showing that emotion is bad. I don't view other people as weak and cry babies when they're crying to me. I actually view them as strong, but this is something I had to work out with my therapist that I was like, I cannot cry in your office. Like I, I just need to shut down because I don't even want to cry. And she's like, you, you need to cry. You need to experience that emotion. You need to do that. So it's something I'm working on, but I even was to the point where I was literally crying last night 
And then I woke up this morning and completely forgot about the breakthrough. All I felt was like the, the nasty energy and emotion of avoiding and, and not wanting to do anything. In fact, I have a lunch date with a friend today that I am so excited to go on. I absolutely love this woman at my church. I've been wanting to get closer to her and I'm going to my favorite brunch place ever. I am so excited to go, yet this feeling has made me want to cancel my plans with her. And I have this feeling of dread when I woke up, like, I want to cancel everything. I want to just lay in my bed and watch Netflix. I want to just totally isolate, turn off my phone, not participate in anything. And I was dreading the day. But when I really think about it, I have nothing to dread. I love talking to you guys on my podcast. I feel a million times better after I talk to you guys than if I isolate and sit in my bedroom. I also get to send my crazy four-year-old toddler to my mother-in-law's house today. Praise the Lord. I don't have to deal with her for a few hours today and can have time alone with me. That's exciting. I get to drop her off. Like, come on, you know, when you have this at the end of the tunnel, like this light at the end of the tunnel, like your parents are taking your kids or the babysitter's coming or you have, you're like, yes, I get to go and be a human and not just be a mom. Like, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to go to lunch with my friend. I have friends giving tonight at my church and I've invited like a million women to come with me. And I'm so excited to eat Thanksgiving dinner and hear a message and see people I haven't seen in a while. I have a great day planned, but I have the feeling of dread. And I've learned over time that the feeling of dread doesn't mean that I'm dreading what's happening in my day. It means that something is off and I need to figure out what it is. And before what I would do is like, I need to smoke a joint. I need to, I need to have a drink. I need to call 10 people and tell them about what I'm doing. I need to cancel everything. I need to just take a self mental health day. I'm going to lay in my bed all day. I'm just going to go shopping. That was a big thing. You know what? I'm going to cancel everything. I'm going to Target. I'm getting a coffee. I'm going to buy stuff. I would do anything to feel better. But now, since I've learned that those things do not serve me and they only create more issues and more dread down the road, I've learned that when I have this feeling of dread, I immediately go to prayer. I didn't want to pray. I wanted to just let my brain drift and do whatever it wanted to do. I didn't want it to have to focus on something, but I knew that I had to go to prayer. So I went in my room and closed my door and got on my knees. And that's when I started praying. And I was like, God, I just hate this feeling of dread. I don't know why I have this. And I remember the conversation we had last night with my husband. I say we, like me and God had the conversation with John. And like God and I talked to my husband. And I remember that as I was praying and I'm like, God, help me with this breakthrough. What is this fear of success that, you, that I know that I have? I don't even know what that is. I just, last night I heard fear of success. I, I couldn't define it to you. I had no idea what it was. All I heard was this phrase of fear of success. And I just was praying that God would help me and lead me and guide me and make this feeling go away and make me do this call. And I listened to a sermon at my church last week and it talked about bleeding like Jesus bled 
and doing hard work like Jesus did hard work. Jesus left his home and did things for the glory of God. Why do we think it's going to be all comfy, cozy, easy for us when we're doing the same thing? Like we're called to leave our homes, to be missionaries, to be women of God, to be standing up to our enemies, to be bold and courageous, to be moving forward, to be used as arrows in darkness. We're called to be warriors, to be these women that are armed and ready. And that doesn't mean that you're supposed to just have it easy. I mean, God didn't promise that it would be easy, that it would be comfy, cozy, no, he said that there will be pain, there will be trials, there will be bloodshed, there will be problems, like you're going to experience trials, you're going to experience these things. And so why do I feel like, oh, well, Jesus came to change the world, I'm going to try to change the world, and I'm going to try to not get crucified along the way, I'm going to try to not be hated along the way. I made a post last night, and I was worried about making the post, because it was a little controversial to my previous endeavor that I was on but I talked about having to quit my job and knowing that God told me to do it and all of the hate I mean my company tried to sue me and then lied and told everyone they did successfully sue me I mean I had I was drugged through the ringer my name my family's name my reputation people did not agree with what I was doing they had all these other thoughts in their head and motives that I was on and and all I kept thinking while I was going through that is remember, if they hated you, they hated me first. And that's all I keep thinking is they hated me first. They hated me first. Like they hated Jesus first. They're going to hate me too. When you start standing up and doing the right thing, you're going to have rejection. You're going to have people who don't understand. You're going to face trials. You're going to develop calluses, spiritual calluses, you know, so you don't get blisters. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. So I knew that I can't just cancel the call because it's getting hard. I need to keep doing it because this is my voice. This is my platform to speak into the lives of other people, to motivate you guys, to inspire you, to tell you, don't listen to the devil this morning. Don't listen to that idea in your head. Don't think that you're not enough. I want you to do better than I'm doing. I want you to be equipped to go and to fight and to hold your sword and to have your armor on and to be ready for battle. So I can't do it by just being a coward and like, I'm just gonna cancel the call. Are you serious? Like, no, I wanted to cancel, but I knew I couldn't. So I said, I'm not gonna cancel. And I came in my office and I started, I prayed that the Holy Spirit would guide me in my notes. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about on the call. And so I prayed, Lord, reveal to me what I need to tell the people today. Help me to make sense of this. Help me to write notes. Help this to come clear to me. And I came up with some things through research, through scripture, through God, through prayer, sitting here in my office this morning of different things. And I started by, and this is, I like, you can do this yourself. Okay. You don't need me to do this for you. And the reason why I'm telling you this side of it, like I could have just gotten on here and been like, okay, fear of success. Here's the definition. I want you guys to start thinking for yourself and realize if there's something you want to know more information about, go and find it. So it starts with prayer and it starts with asking for wisdom and asking for guidance and asking for discernment and asking for the scales and the veil to be removed off of your body and to see things for what they are and to speak to me and help me get rid of distractions. And if you are a bad prayer right now, and you just haven't experienced prayer very often, you can download my free list of prayers. If you go to my Instagram at Taryn Sarconi, the link in the bio, 
you can click on it and you can download my prayer list so that you can start saying these prayers that I pray. And you can use them to as like a launching pad of getting yourself started with your own prayer list, which I highly recommend having a prayer list so you can remember all the things that you need to be focused and pray on. Now, I start with the definition of things. Even if it's things that I think I know, like the word fear or anxiety or stress or doubt or you know, anything, I look up the definition and I started with searching for what is the definition of fear of success? Like, what does that even mean? And it says fear of success is the concern that once we achieve something new, we'll be incapable of sustaining it or may suffer because of it. And most people who suffer from fear of success have a lot of shame and embarrassment around it. So they don't ever talk about it. And they shove it deep down inside because they feel stupid, they feel shameful, they feel guilty, and they just move on. <clears throat> now, one thing I thought was very interesting that I read in a bunch of different places is that if you are someone who has experienced success before and then there was pain attached to it, you are going to have that much harder of a time letting yourself be successful again because you don't want that pain to be associated with it. And in my case, that is very true. So all I wanted was success because I had this hole, this abandonment. I needed this approval. And I saw that if I was successful, people approved of me. And all I wanted was money and stuff to fill this void. So I became a workaholic and I became addicted, addicted to working. I became addicted to the praise of people. I became addicted to the approval of people. And it's really hard when what you're doing for work is feeding an addiction because I was speaking on stages. I was speaking at different conferences. I was speaking at different leadership things. And when I would get off the stage and I would be done, what would happen is people would come and they would, they would praise me. They would praise what I'm doing. They would, you know, want to know more. They would thank you for your message. Wow. That's so incredible. And you know, that feeling made me feel so good. It's, it really is what fueled me to keep going. And the more I did and the more I worked and the more I said, yes, the more praises I got. And so that was like, it, that was an addiction and it was an idol. I was idolizing money and I was idolizing success and I was idolizing other people. And when God told me to quit my job, it took me a year and I finally quit. And I am terrified to experience success again. Because, and this is when I started crying last night, talking to my husband, because when I think about who I was and how I felt when I had all of that success, if you will, worldly success, air quotes, if you're listening to the podcast and you can't see me, I literally started crying because I hated who I was. I hated how I felt. I felt so hopeless and burnt out and exhausted and miserable. My priorities were so off. My marriage was failing. My relationship with my kids was failing. Everything around me was failing. I had terrible boundaries. I was a people pleaser. I was so insecure. I needed everyone's approval. I was indecisive. I couldn't make decisions. And it was a terrible place for me. So because I achieved success and it got away from me, I'm scared that that's going to happen again. 
also, I'm scared of what's going to come when that does happen. And I'm going to talk about that when I go through, but ways, so the first thing I'm going to, I'm going to go through and we're going to have another episode on this because as I was typing and putting notes and numbers and, and bullet points and stuff, I'm like, there's so much more, like there is so much more. This is just the beginning, the intro to the fear of success. We're definitely going to have a part two and possibly a part three, but I am going to talk about the ways that it shows up in your life because you might not know that you have this fear of success yet because you shoved it so deep down because of shame and guilt and embarrassment. So I'm going to talk about ways that it shows up and there's seven ways that I'm going to highlight. And then I'm going to talk about what we can do. And that's my favorite part because I think a lot of people bring up awareness of stuff. And then they're like, here's why you feel like crap. Okay, goodbye. And you're like, wait, like, what do I, what do I do? How do I make it better? So ways that this shows up in your life, one is through procrastination and avoidance. So you may be delaying starting or completing a project like me. Like I'm not delaying starting the project, but I'm delaying completing the project. And even if I do get it complete, like my one-on-one six-month coaching program, I have it complete, but it's like the switch is off. I don't have it turned on. I'm not promoting it. I'm not showing, I don't have a link up for people to click on it. I, I just have the switch off and then I've moved on to another thing. So even if something is complete and all I need to do is walk up and turn the switch on, I have a different idea in my mind where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to jump to the next thing and, and we'll work on this later. And because I don't want the project to be complete. So if I get to the place where it is finally complete, I still don't turn it on because I'm like, eh, it's, it's, it's not complete yet. Let's just move on. So as a result of avoiding things or procrastinating, you may miss the opportunity altogether. So if you have something on your mind that is urgent that you need to capitalize on now and you don't do it and you don't complete it, you might miss the opportunity that is in front of you. Number two is perfectionism. This is a huge one for me. You know, I always say this, you know, you're a perfectionist if nothing you do is ever good enough. And because nothing is ever good enough to you, nothing anyone else ever does is good enough for you. So someone can load the dishwasher for you, but they didn't do it the right way. You could start, I'm going to start eating healthy and working out, but you don't go to the gym and eat healthy enough. You only do it four days out of seven instead of seven out of seven. Or I'm going to start reading my Bible and you only did it three days this week, but it's not enough because you wanted to do it seven or you did it six, but it needed to be seven. Um, you design your layout for your website or your podcast or your logo or your domain name or graphics for posts or whatever you're doing. And they're just not good enough and they're not creative enough and they don't look good enough and you're not experienced enough at Canva and you wish that your stuff looks like everyone else. And perfectionism kind of goes into comparison too, because you're like, what are you doing over there? What are you doing? Let me see, you know, give me some of that. I want your posts. I want, I want your podcast. I want your logo. I want your stuff. And as a perfectionist, this person may believe that they're keeping the bar so high. And by doing so, <laughs> the bar is so high 
it's actually impossible to reach the standard. Uh, we are not perfect. The only person who was perfect was Jesus. We are not perfect. Therefore, we will never be able to be perfect. So when we set the bar at perfection, we're never going to hit it. We're always missing. We're always a failure. So inevitably, all you're doing is disappointing yourself because what you're trying to do is never going to happen at all. And I had a sticky note on my computer for a long time that said done beats perfect. And if you are struggling with perfectionism right now, put that on your computer or your background of your phone or in your car, or whatever you do your work. And you need to say done beats perfect. This email doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be sent out. This reel doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be posted. This book chapter doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be done. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be done. It's never going to be perfect. So all you're doing is delaying this even more. Quitting is the third thing. So you're going to find an excuse to quit just before the goal is met. And you're going to do this over and over and over again. Now you might not quit altogether, but you're going to do what I do, which is I'm going to put a pin in it. I'm going to put a pin in this. I'm going to revisit this later. I don't say, okay, I'm going to quit. There are a lot of things that I have been like, no, I don't like that idea. I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop doing that. And quitting can be a good thing. I don't want you to think that if you're quitting something, it's bad. In fact, to follow God, you do have to quit a lot of things. It might be your job. It might be the toxic relationship you're in. It, it could be a list of different things. So I don't want you to think quitting is bad in general because it's absolutely not. But if you have a fear of success, you're going to quit just before the breakthrough, just before you get there. Number four is self-sabotage. So you may set obstacles in your own way or stay in unhelpful situations because you don't want to win. You don't want to get to where you're going to go. So something with self-sabotage is fear is really self-sabotage because you have this fear. And so let's say you have a fear of getting close to people. Okay. And you want friends. You feel so lonely. You feel all alone in this world. You don't have anyone that relates to you and connects to you. Some people are like, Taryn, I just wish that we could talk on the phone all the time. I wish you lived by me. <laughs> like, I know I do too. Trust me. I get it. I was a person one time where I had no one who was on my level. No one who understood what I was talking about. No one who could relate to me and give me advice and talk to me and build me up and encourage me. And so I started praying for friendships, but I was so lonely and I started praying for friendships, but I also have abandonment issues. And so what would happen is before I could get close to someone, I would self-sabotage the relationship because I was scared that they were going to reject me and I wouldn't even let them get near me. I would never show them the real version of myself because I was worried that they would leave me. And they would talk bad about me or they would reject me. And so I was self-sabotaging that in my life because I wanted friendships and I didn't want to be lonely, but I was the one standing in my own way. If you don't ever get close to someone, you can't ever become really good friends with them. You can't become soul sisters with someone if you're not getting close to people, which is being the real, true, vulnerable you that God created you to be. Be authentic, be honest, be truthful. If you build a friendship on lies, you're not getting close to people. Yet you're on your knees praying that God helps you not be lonely anymore. Bring me friendships, Lord, please. I don't want to be alone anymore. 
And he's like, hello, I am, I'm trying, but you're the one that is sabotaging this blessing that I'm trying to put in your life. Because of the broken friendships that we have, Brie, yes, you're terrified to get close and feel that pain again. I get it. I know I have done it. I've been, the, I've been in the same spot. We all do it. We're standing in our own way. Number five is anxiety. So this is huge for me. I, I felt like I don't have anxiety anymore. And I'm like, I really don't feel like I'm anxious anymore, but I am when I, when I really like dug into this point and saw this. So this person anticipates the future consequence of their success. And it, it looks at it says consequence, not blessing. You know, for me, for instance, I'm not afraid of my book failing. I know that my book is ordained by God. I know it is written by God. I know written by God through me. I know that it's going to change the world. I know that it's going to be awesome. But deep in my mind, and this is where like the embarrassment and shame come from that people don't want to say out loud because so many people are used to just like bashing themselves. And number four was self-sabotage. So procrastination and avoidance is number one. Perfectionism is two. Quitting is three. Self-sabotage is four. Anxiety is five. And I know that the book is going to be so successful. Okay, I know that. But what I don't like to talk about, because we're, you know, I, I can talk about all my flaws all day long, like no big deal, and bash myself. But when it comes to talking about success, we're embarrassed by it. So if I can be honest with you, I have seen other people write books that have been successful, and I've seen what comes with that. And I know that when you write a book and you're successful, and it's a New York Times bestseller, people are going to want to interview you. People are going to want to talk to you about it. People are, I had a woman tell me one time who's an author with Lifeway Ministries. She told me that Taryn, they go hand in hand. Writing a book and public speaking are hand in hand. I'm not scared of public speaking. I speak all the time in public. I'm not scared of public speaking. I used to be, I'm not anymore, but I'm scared of the success that's going to come with it. If I write a successful book, that means interviews, that means more speaking engagements, that means being known more, so more people want my attention, more people want to talk to me. Those aren't my priorities right now. My, priority, my priorities are doing less, having less, and being present more. And I'm terrified that I'm going to publish this book and become a New York Times bestseller and now my days aren't going to be filled with being present with my children and being home, but they're going to be filled with Zoom calls and interviews and traveling all around the country and public speaking. And although I love to do those things, that's not where my priority is right now. Last time I did that, I was burnt out. Last time I did that, I almost got divorced. Last time I did that, I didn't even know who my kids were. So that's what starts happening is you start really anticipating the future consequences of your success. If I launch this one-on-one -on -one six month coaching program, I don't want to spend 10 hours a week on Zoom coaching people. Yes. Do I want to help people? Of course. 
it's my mission. It's my purpose on this earth, but it doesn't come before my family. It doesn't come with being present. I hated working. I and the joke was I'll never work another day in my life. I will not do it. It scarred me. I hated it. In my kind of edgy post that I made last night, late at night about following God's plan and not caring what people say. I put like hashtag anti MLM, hashtag anti network marketing. And because I am, I like am so wounded from it that I am like, oh, absolutely not. Like, do not bring me back into this hustle culture. I will not go back there. And so it's the anxiety that's keeping me. We also worry about being in the spotlight or leaving loved ones behind, which, um, you know, leaving loved ones behind, like either physically leaving them behind, like I have to go travel, I have to go work, I have to go do things, sorry, kids and husband, you're going to be here. But also leaving them behind. And this is a big thing, especially if you come from a family that doesn't have success. You come from a family that's never really achieved huge things. You don't want to be this person who feels better than everyone else. And it's, oh, well, you know, don't invite Tina because, you know, she's too cool for us and she has all these things. You don't want to leave your family behind when you achieve the success. Or you're just afraid and you're anxious that the success will just make things too complicated. And that for me is a huge one that I'm hanging on to right now. Like it's just, it just means more people. It means more work. It means more hours. It means more stress. It means more prayers. It means more everything. And I don't want more. I want less. Um, also that people are going to talk bad about you. If I get success, like what are people going to say about me? You know, it sucks that you even have to think that, but I promise you they will. When I was trying to be successful in my previous job. I had a lot of haters that were like, oh yeah, sure, she's gonna do it. And then I was like, I can't wait to be successful to show them all and you know, shut them up. When I achieved the success, I actually had more haters because people were jealous and people just didn't want me to have things and have success because they didn't. And that's hard when people talk bad about you. And it took me a long time to finally not care what people have to say and only care what God has to say. You're worried that you can't control what the success is going to look like. So you're anxious about it. Because you, what if it's not like anything that you imagined? What if you have this invention or this thing that you're creating and you're like, I don't even know what this is going to look like when it's done. Uh, number six is discomfort. People may feel uncomfortable pushing themselves towards goals that still require some growth. So this is like what I was talking about with public speaking. If you're not comfortable public speaking and you're terrified of it, but you know that when you get success, this is going to come. Like when your book launches, you're going to have to start speaking. Or when the ministry works out, you're going to have to start leading it. Or... You know, anything that's going to happen outside of your comfort zone, a lot of people don't like being in the spotlight. So I don't want to host this dinner. I don't want to be successful in this business because I don't want to be the person with the microphone in my hand, or I don't want to be the person with the spotlight on them, or it's all about me, or look what I did, or, you know, you're worried about those types of things. You could also have discomfort by having to come up with your first ever strategic plan. You know, this is somewhere that my mom has spoken about before 
she's not a planner. She doesn't like setting goals. Like, do not ask me what my goals are. Do not ask me to come up with a plan. Like, I'm just going to live my life day by day. I cannot even think about that. You might just be nervous because you know you need to sit down and make a list to execute. And that requires you to come out of your comfort zone. And so you have discomfort and that makes you have the failure of success, the fear and failure of success, the failure, <laughs> which is the two words together, apparently. Um, number seven, the last point is lack of motivation. So people that are afraid of success will sometimes seem lazy, lacking motivation and having low expectation because their fear is preventing them from ever making progress towards their goals. So here's some examples. The writer who can't stop editing their book worries about the response of critics and how they will follow up this book with their next book. And Melanie, I know you're writing a book. I don't know if this is something that you've thought of, but it is definitely something that I thought of. The woman whose childhood wins have served to highlight her brother's losses. If you were that child that always succeeded and did all of these things and it, it made someone else in your family look bad, that's something that's going to make you kind of pull back and dim your light a little bit. I don't want the people around me to feel less than. The investor who lost large sums of money and now plays small, not wanting to lose it all again. The entrepreneur who is afraid of growing their business because they doubt whether they can support the growing team year after year after year. And that's something that I thought of is in order to grow this ministry and to achieve this dream that God has given me, I know I'm going to need to employ people. I know I'm going to need an assistant. I know I'm going to need leaders. I know I'm going to need people. And, and that scares me that I'm like, whoa, now I'm responsible for all these people. I can't just turn my phone off and watch Netflix for a week straight. Now I'm, now I'm responsible for people. The musician who loves the flow of creating music in private, but fears performing the piece in public if you were to receive the recognition. So what can we do? And I'm going to go through these things kind of fast. We're going to be off here in five minutes and we're going to do a part two, but what can we do? So there's two, there's three things that you can do. So number one is you can become aware. So think of reasons why this has happened and that will reduce the shame and embarrassment around it. So becoming aware that this, yes, this is what I'm struggling with. I have a fear of success. Why do I have a fear of success? And coming up with the answer of why you have a fear of success. The second thing that you can do is you can journal about this, which kind of goes with number one, but you can get it out of your brain and you can get it on paper. So in order to do this, here's what you're going to do. Clear out like 20 to 30 minutes in your calendar. Set a timer if you have to on your phone. Put your phone on airplane mode. Do not disturb. Don't do it in the middle of like your kids needing lunch or your daughter like needs your attention or something. Do it at a time where you're like not distracted and you can focus and you have some time. Maybe that's first thing in the morning. Maybe it's at night. Maybe it's on your lunch break, in your car, whatever. Find 20 to 30 minutes that you're going to be able to focus and you're going to be able to write some things down. Anything that comes to your mind around fear of success, I want you to write it down. Don't try to make sense of it. Don't try to justify it. Just write it down. 
and also make sure to include memories or experiences that you have with this. Like, how do you remember feeling when you were successful and it was a bad taste in your mouth? So all the things I talked to my husband about last night, I need to write those things down. I need to write down the things that are coming to my mind around fear of success. I need to write down the memories and the experience and the feelings that I've had around this. And there's a quote that I really love that I saw when I was doing some digging. It says, once you decide fear isn't an option, you are left with only the choice to change, to shift your consciousness or to take action. Think about it this way. What would you do if you weren't afraid of anything? And maybe that's what you journal about. Write that at the top of your page. What would I do if I wasn't afraid of anything? And that's why you need to listen to the other episodes too. Um, episode 86 and episode 91, because if you were fearless, what would you do? We all need to figure that out. If fear had nothing to do with us, what would we accomplish? What would we be able to do because of fear being absent from our lives? And number three is we need to remember that we're not alone. It's the biggest thing in this. We're not alone doing this. And in fact, this is what God has planned for us. This is what God wants from us. We have to be able to put fear aside and move forward because our prayer is, God, help me to see where I'm supposed to go. Use me, create a purpose in me. Why am I here? I want to feel fulfilled. I want all of these things to happen in my life. You know, we're praying and praying and praying and praying for God to deliver us and to help us and to guide us and light the path and slam the door. And he's trying to answer your prayers but you're standing on the path self-sabotaging. You're not alone and this is what God wants for you. So remembering you're not alone, the best way to do that is through scripture. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed or discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And this is in every moment God promises to do this. So right now, you're anxious about the future, which we all know what God says about being anxious. And, and if you don't know, go on Google and type in, what does God say about anxiety? And click on the openbible.info website that comes up in the search and read all the scriptures, print them out and read them out loud and highlight them and write on them and pray over them. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. There's two things when you think about anxiety. You think about don't be anxious. Tomorrow has its own worries of its own. And the reason why is because God says, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. It's enough food for today. It's our daily nourishment. God promises to give us this day, our daily bread, to take care of us today, not tomorrow, because tomorrow he promises today. So tomorrow it will be today. In the future, he will be there. We forget that God's going to be with us when we're doing these things. He's going to be there. He's going to be strengthening us. He's going to be holding our hand. He's going to be giving us enough for that day. So today you only have enough for today. So when you're walking into that future of craziness, of public speaking, of uh, interviews and success and the spotlight and the attention, and 
you're walking into these clients and these people and the followers and the questions and the criticisms and all of these things that are going to happen, the more, 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 more that's going to happen to you, God will be there with you. He says, fear not. I am with you. Don't be afraid. I'm your God. I'm going to strengthen you. I'll help you. That's literally what he says. It's a promise. And in Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Again, you're not doing this alone. John 15, 16 through 17, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. That doesn't mean just asking for success. That also asks that he can give you the people that can help you with success, that he can guide you and help you deal with the success, that he can help you prioritize and set strong boundaries around the success. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Us being fearful of success is relying on our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do you trust him or do you not? You either believe in what he says or you don't. There's no in between. And Jeremiah 17, seven and eight says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. That is you. We are called to be the fruit, to produce the fruit on the vine. Our vine is connected to Jesus. We are connected to him. And if you are walking along the path with him, he's not going to leave you. He is going to hold you. He's going to help you. Fear is from the devil. The devil is fearing you and he's trying to keep me off my path. He's trying to keep you off your path and he's trying to keep us quiet. I almost canceled this call today. I almost canceled everything today. And now as I'm done recording this, I'm feeling empowered. I, there's a song that is literally my favorite song. You have to listen to this song. Okay, it's by Colton Dixon and it's called The Devil is a Liar. And I want you to listen to it when you get done listening to this. I am feeling so, like in this song, I can't, I, I need to listen to the song after I'm done because I am feeling so empowered right now I am feeling so fearless right now that I'm like, ha, I exposed you. Don't try to be in my face. Don't try to get me off my plan. I am going to accomplish these things in the name of Jesus. I am going to make an impact in this world because God has told me that I'm going to. I'm not going to let the fear, I'm not going to let it hold me back anymore. I am going to write my book. I am going to launch my six-month coaching program. I'm going to launch my chosen and anointed apparel brand. I'm going to launch my journal. I am going to do these things. What are you going to do? Are you going to do it? Are you finally going to say, you know what? I'm finally going to do the first step to what I need to do. I'm not asking you to do all the things that you need to do on your list. I'm asking you to do one thing. One thing. What is the next thing that you know that you need to do? Is it a conversation? Is it a phone call? Is it journaling? Is it praying? Is it canceling something, quitting something, saying yes to something? What is it? I want you to spend one minute and ask God, what is the next thing that I should do?
Is it start a podcast? Is it join a ministry? Is it plug into a church? What is the thing that's been holding you back that you know that you need to do to move forward? And do that one thing. And then do the next thing. One thing at a time. I am here with you. You are in good company. I'm not telling you to do something I'm not willing to do. I know it's scary. I know you're worried you're going to be rejected. I know you're worried that you could fail. I know you're worried you could succeed. I know you're scared. I know you're anxious. I am too. But what we're called to do is something so much greater. David was scared. Daniel was scared. Mary was scared. Jesus was scared. Elijah was scared. Elisha was scared. Joshua, Joseph, Jacob, everyone was scared. Noah was scared. Jonah was scared. Esther was scared. Naomi was scared. Boaz was scared. There are so many people in the Bible that did great things and they were all scared, but they held on to God's word and they moved forward. We need you to stand up and fight. I can't do this alone. I need more people on mission for God and for good, raising up generations, offering their services, offering their encouragement, creating things that are going to help us conquer the world. You were created for so much more than this. Don't let the devil fool you and make you think that this is as good as it's going to get. Because sister, I know how it ends. It's going to get a lot better than it is right now. And it starts with one thing at a time. You are chosen and anointed. You can do hard things. I promise you. I promise you. So let's go do them together. Go listen to The Devil is a Liar. You're going to be so pumped up the rest of the day. I'm so thankful I didn't cancel this call too. Thank you, Samantha, for being on. And everyone else who was on live, I seriously could not record to nobody. So thank you for being here. It really helps me deliver this message in a better, more powerful way, talking to real people. And it's, you know, making a huge impact. We have, last I looked, we had like 12.5 thousand listeners now, which is like, just so crazy to me, but okay. I love you guys. I believe in you. I promise. I don't always believe in myself, but I believe in you. And I'm going to start to believe in myself more and more and more and more every single day until I take down the devil and reveal his schemes and tricks because he's not taking anyone else down into the valley, not on my watch. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley, and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.